We are the Rookie Phenoms. We have an amazing show for you today. I'm your host, Coop, with my main man, Webb. What up? It was a crazy week in sports. Wildcard weekend is in the books, and there is trouble in Lakerland. Webb, are you ready for today's show? Always ready. I want to start with wildcard weekend, but I really want to get to Frank Vogel, too. I'm torn here. What do you want to start with? I'll give you the choice. Uh, let's start with, um, with, with Vogel because you're just going to be throwing shots the entire time. If we start with wildcard, off the will, if we start with wildcard, that will not change for the record. I will throw shots no matter what. Yeah, okay. let's just rip it off. So the athletics, Sam Amick and Bill Oram have reported if the Lakers had lost last night, their head coach, Frank Vogel would have been fired. He is now coaching for his job every night. The Lakers lost to Denver by 37 points, which brought this on. And any notion of Vogel being completely safe this season vanished in early August when he was given an extension that only extended one additional season. It was an uncomfortable compromise of sorts. So Frank Vogel has won a title as a Lakers head coach, but Jeannie Buss is not happy. Your fake general manager is not happy. Web, what's happening for the Lakers right now? I'm so confused. I thought you guys were guaranteed to win the title this year. What happened? Nothing happened in terms of them winning a title. It's still very early. We're only halfway through the season, but the team's been hurt a lot, and they haven't been able to gel. Russ hasn't looked very good, or um, he hasn't been able to shoot the basketball very well. And the defense has not been good. Lakers have blown a bunch of leads. Lost the OKC twice. Um, no lead safe with the Lakers. Like they are almost guaranteed to blow a lead. Um, the three point shooting is not consistent, and they're only five hundred. So this team should be much better. Even though Anthony Davis has been out for like quite a long period of time, it's 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 looked pretty bad that Malik Monk has looked like their second best player over the last little bit, at least uh, in terms of you know consistently hitting shots. It's uh, it, It's been hard to watch. On the plus side, Anthony Davis is definitely going to get healthy and stay healthy for the rest of the season. And Russ will start taking great shots and play defense like he always does. And if he doesn't, someone will definitely take that $50 million contract he has every season. Well, how does this team get better? You're, you guys are doomed. Frank Vogel is going to get fired. There's no assistant coach that you want to be the head coach anymore to take over for him. Is this another First. lost year? Who, who's that coach next year? Who, who takes over? I mean, who I'd be okay with if he did get fired, and I'm not advocating for him to get fired, but uh, Fisdale, David Fisdale, I would definitely, um, I'd be okay with him taking over for sure. He was a head coach before, right? Yeah, but he got a very, um, he didn't get much uh, grace. What city was that in again? Fisdale, was it either Memphis or New York? I can't remember. I think it was New York. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure. Time. Yeah, doing bad in a big media market is not great. So good thing he gets to take over for the Lakers, who are a small market team. Your team is destined for failure, Webb, and I, I really appreciate this that you're trying to stay positive right now, but you know how bleak this situation is. LeBron has another wasted year on his chase to catch Mike. The season's ruined. You guys are doomed. And I enjoy this so much. How do you feel? Uh, I feel like things are a bit premature. I, you know, I don't think they should fire Vogel, at least not during the season. I'm not really a big fan of mid uh, midseason firings. Uh, the team's still a playoff team. Um, 
very, very so much sorry, very much so has underperformed, disappointed, had some bad effort on the on the offensive side and defensive side, lost to some bad teams, blown some major leads. It's it's been a bad year so far, twenty two and twenty two, but I um I don't think the team's doomed at all. If Minnesota wins tonight, they will have the same record as you at twenty two and twenty two. The vaunted Minnesota Timberwolves will be tied with the Los Angeles Lakers. How far you have fallen. It's really enjoyable to see. The Cowboys went down this weekend. Now the Lakers are going down. Oh, it's beautiful. It's a great time to be alive. Misery loves company, man. It really does. This Colts fan over here. Things are looking rosy for us. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, let's get to some football, though. Let's get to some football. Wildcard weekend is in the books. It is your favorite weekend of the season. And I totally get that. Six great games on the schedule. Not all of them were great, but we had hope. Let's start with Saturday. The first game we're going to talk about. The Cincinnati Bengals beat the Las Vegas Raiders 26-19. to Joe Burrow played pretty well in his first playoff game. 240 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. But this game really came down to a whistle blown on a touchdown pass. Joe Burrow was running to the sideline. The ref thought he was stepping out. He threw a pass to the end of the, the end zone. It was caught, but a whistle blew before it was caught. The rules are, if that happens, the play has to be redone. They did not do that. They let the touchdown stand. This was at the end of the second quarter. Some Raiders fans are furious about this. Do you think that was what may change this game? Are the Raiders right to be upset about this call? Uh, I think I think they're right to be upset about the call only because it didn't follow uh, didn't follow it to the, the letter. But in terms of giving them a chance, do I think so? Nah. I think this is um, false hope. I think the Raiders, to me, always look like a step behind the Bengals. Um, so I agree that it, 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 you know, they should have followed the letter of the law and 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 you know had the play, uh, you know, result in a do-over rather than counting that. And the referees who were uh, officiating for that game are not going to be officiating for the rest of the playoffs. Um, so it's obvious that they've been punished or at least reprimanded. And um, yeah, but I, if I were a Raiders fan or any fan that got screwed over by that um, or felt that I got screwed over, I definitely would be be pissed off right now. But honestly, I don't think it would have made a difference. So the Bengals won by seven. If this touchdown doesn't count, it's possible they're not up by seven points. That is possible. I think the Raiders did get screwed. You can see the Raiders defender slow down when he hears the whistle. He stops going for the ball. Now, I don't think he would have got to the ball even if he, the whistle wasn't called. But we can't know that for sure. The Raiders did get screwed. But they had two more quarters to fix that problem themselves. So I, it sucks what happened, but I don't feel like it changed the game. You had two quarters to fix it. You didn't score enough. It's on you. It is what it is. That's kind of how I feel. This isn't like when the Rams had that terrible pass interference call against New Orleans in the last play of the game where they screwed over New Orleans. This is different than that robbery. That's what I think anyway. Yeah, whatever, Coop. Um <laughs> Okay. See, this is this is this is why your Colts team that has that's in the driver's seat to make the playoffs doesn't make it and loses to Jacksonville and the Raiders, who we're actually talking about. So it's funny that we 
you bring up the Raiders. Because um, of my pettiness? Raiders, I'm the yeah, jinx? Yeah, very petty. You should, you should be upset with the Raiders. They're, they're the reason why you're not in the playoffs. Well, them in Jacksonville. Carson Wentz is the reason we're not in the playoffs. I've accepted that for a long time. <laughs> I told you before the season that was going to happen, and he did not let me down. He was consistently Carson Wentz. Well, at least they didn't give up the draft pick for him, right? I hate you. Okay, the Buffalo Bills beat down the Patriots 47-17 to on Saturday. According to NFL statistic gurus, the Bills played the first perfect offensive game in modern NFL history. No punts, no fourth downs, six straight touchdown drives until they knelt over and won the game. Bill Belichick is this defensive genius. Josh Allen played out of his mind. What are you taking away from this game, Webb? Uh, to me, the game for the Pats went away from what made them successful in the season that was running the football and having Mac Jones um, not be exposed and not force him to uh, to be uh, passing the football a lot. And they didn't carry, they didn't uh, do too much um, running in the football and they had Mac Jones throwing the ball quite a bit. Uh, but also Buffalo looked really good. Like they shredded that defense, like absolutely shredded that defense. Josh Allen was 21 of 25, five touchdowns. Uh, Micah Hyde had an amazing Willie Mays interception in the end zone against Mac Jones. I think the plan was to run the ball, and then Buffalo scored like 14 points immediately. And they were just killing them. And they're like, we can't run anymore. We need to score with this juggernaut offense. I'm going to say something right now. It might be controversial. Is Josh Allen the most talented quarterback in the league right now? One quarterback, is he the most talented guy? I think he I don't think be. he's even I don't think he's even the most talented in the playoffs, let alone the league. I think Josh Allen is capable of doing things that no other quarterback in the league can do. There's no one that runs like him, has the arm like him. Like Aaron Rodgers can throw better than him, but he's nowhere near the runner. Lamar Jackson can run better than him, but can't throw like him. There's no one that combines both elements like Josh Allen does. I think he's incredible. Right. I think we differ a little bit on that. Like, I don't think Josh Allen's bad. I think he's good. But I don't know if I'd give him that uh, that honor all by himself as most talented in the league. No one has all the tools he has. Mahomes can throw like him, but he's not the runner Josh Allen is. Mahomes can run a little bit, but he's not Josh no one has this skill set. It's incredible what he can do. And you're hating him because you hate the city of Buffalo, which is interesting. Exactly. Nothing to say to defend yourself. No, Let's well, move on. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Like, I want to see how, how far Buffalo goes before I start to say that. I, think, I, I, I still think I'd take Mahomes' uh, entire skill set over Josh Allen. I'd take Josh Allen's frame over Mahomes for sure. Josh Allen might be the perfect Buffalo quarterback. Like, he was built in a lab to play quarterback in Buffalo. It's incredible. A city you hate. Okay. The Buccaneers destroyed the Eagles 31-15. Jalen Hurts played one of the worst games I've ever seen a quarterback play in the playoffs. I mean, someone had a worse one after this, but it was terrible. Tom Brady looked like Tom Brady again. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' run defense was amazing. They did not let the Eagles get going on offense at all. Hurts through two picks. Is Tampa Bay inevitable? Are they Thanos? Are they just going to win the Super Bowl again? Like Tom Brady? Like, is this going to happen? Because it kind of feels like that's what's going to happen this year. 
I don't think so, because they have a, a special opponent coming up. But um, the the Eagles, man, like I said in my in, in the preview last week, like they're pretty one, they're pretty much a one trick pony. I never thought this game was going to be close, so I wasn't surprised that it was thirty one nothing at one point. The score that um, the final score wasn't really indicative of of the game. Like it was, it was a beatdown, and uh, Philly scored two late touchdowns to not be embarrassed. Yeah, my notes really run the football. And my notes said not even close to the score, and the score wasn't close. Yeah, yeah. they're terrible. They're bad. Let me ask you yeah. a question: In the second half, should they have brought Gardner Minshew in the game instead of Jalen Hurts, who looked off? Yeah, at some point, probably. Because it wasn't working, so you had to try uh, to switch it up. But yeah, probably. I think any team should do that, as long as it's not like an established quarterback. I would have really enjoyed them bringing in Gardner Minshew and him, them, him leading them to victory. Just like Alabama took out Jalen Hurts at halftime, and then Tua won the national championship. I think Jalen Hurts would be a great first-half quarterback, and I would enjoy that very much. Should have brought in Nick Foles, that's what they should have done. The Eagles have three first-round picks next season. I think it's 15, 16, and 22 or something. Is Jalen Hurts the quarterback there next year? Yeah, he returns. Um, does he start the entire year? I don't know about that. But I don't think the Eagles are that invested in him that they can't make a move uh, in the draft to replace him. I was thinking more Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Oh. Three, three first-round picks. You can get one okay. of those guys for two or three first-round picks. Yeah, but do they want to go there? Like, I don't know if I'd want to go to Philly. If I, I don't know if I want to leave Green Bay to go to Philly. And I don't know if I want to leave Seattle to go to Philly either. Wow. Buffalo it, and Philly. It's interesting. You hate. Wow. <laughs> Cold in the Northeast. You hate it. Wow, that's, an, that's shocking, man. I'm shocked right now. You're gonna I get, think You're going to get me. Yeah. Beaten up Good. Right. I think Jalen Hurts does not deserve to be the starter in Philly next year outright. I would try and trade for one of those guys. I would try to move on. I don't think he's going to develop as a passer you want him to. He's basically a better Marcus Mariota, maybe. I'm not sure what that's worth as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh, Marcus Mariota, dead. Marcus, I'm saying him now. For the Raiders, he was used as a gimmick quarterback on third and one. They'd bring him out instead of Derek Carr. That's what Hurts could do. He can't make tight window throws. He's so inaccurate. He's not reliable. I just don't think you can trust him. That's harsh, man. But I'm not really a Hurts fan either. I think he's great at running the football. Philly was the number one rushing team. So it kind of worked and it got them into the playoffs. They didn't beat anybody. They didn't beat anybody good. And just... I had hope midseason. I thought, okay, maybe he's improving, but he regressed. I'm not sure. His arm isn't strong enough for the cold weather. I just have some doubts about him long-term. I don't think he can do it. You have to look for somebody better. I agree. I And I, I think they're in a position where they haven't invested that much in him where they, you know, they can do that comfortably. They traded Super Bowl winner Carson Wentz away to make room for Jalen Hurts. That's a big commitment, I think. Carson Wentz is incredible. For any teams interested in trading for him. <laughs> I, <laughs> Carson Wentz won the Super Bowl on the bench. So I don't know if they were thinking about that. God, I hate him. Okay, but let's move on to the game of the weekend. The 49ers beat the Cowboys 23-17. A game you and I both predicted. The 49ers would upset the Cowboys. We are football geniuses. 
The Cowboys were down six with 14 seconds left. Dak, inex- Dak ran the ball for 15 yards and then handed the ball back to the center to snap it. The ref, by rules, has to hand the ball to the center. Because of this delay, Dallas was not able to snap, snap the ball and spike it for one shot at the end zone. This ended the game. Whose fault is this loss? Is it Mike McCarthy? Is it Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator? Is it on Jack? Who do you blame for this loss? I don't know, man. That that ending was pretty unfortunate. I didn't want the, the game to end like that. I felt like Dallas should have gotten off another snap. It's kind of hard, sad, to, <laughs> sad to see. Honestly, when when that happened, I was like, I don't think they're going to redo it. But it looks like they're going to. And then it said final score. And I was it's like, wow. Um, I think it was a combination. The commentary was amazing, by the way. Tony, the other guy with Tony Romo was like, they're not going to get the snap off. Tony Romo was like, no, they got time. And then it was like, yeah. oh, wait, they don't have time. It was impressive. <laughs> um, Sorry. So who gets the blame? I think McCarthy's going to get a lot of the blame. Um, because Dallas just did not look good at all. They should have run the ball a lot more. They didn't get the receivers involved as much as they should have. Um, but I think people are so uh, enamored with Kellen Moore that I don't know if they'll attribute any blame, you know, this loss to him. So, um, and Dak is Dak has been the hero for the entire year. I don't think they're going to gang up on Dak for this. I think McCarthy's going to be the scapegoat, the easy one. So apparently, Kellen Moore made the decision, and Mike McCarthy okayed it on the sidelines. So it, it was Moore's decision. So Mitchell Schwartz, the Super Bowl champion right tackle for the Chiefs who retired last season, made this point that this play is even stupider than we think because best case scenario, they had one chance from the 25-yard line. If you just went the 14 seconds, you could have had two or maybe three chances from the 40, which are much more likely to happen. You have a better chance of hitting one of those. I think this is inexcusable, and we are going to talk about the best head coach openings at the end of the show. And I think Dallas should fire Mike McCarthy almost immediately. I can't believe Jerry let him walk out the door yesterday. This was a fireable offense. Dallas had 127 penalties this year, I think. They had three in the fourth quarter. A bunch of uh, false starts. This team was poorly coached. I think Dak gets a lot of credit for being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. I think he is vastly overrated. Webb had him as MVP all season. He says, Webb said he's better than Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's playing next week. Dak Prescott's going home. I just, I'm very, I don't understand the Dallas love. I'm shocked by this, Webb. Why is Dak so, why do you think Dak is the MVP of the league? Let's go, let's start with that, I think. I never thought Dak was the MVP of the, sorry, I shouldn't say that. Mid-season, I had had him as MVP. Final. You you can't keep your lies straight, eh, Webb? Come on to you. (laughs) End of the season, I did not have Dak as MVP. I think Dak had a great, great year. All you guys, you and a bunch of people who were were concerned that Dak would not be able to run ever again after that gruesome injury that he had with his ankle. And then we're concerned that he was not going to get the money. He was not going to get paid by Dallas. It's all you said. He's not getting a contract. Then he got paid. So obviously, you know, Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones believed in him. And... Then we saw what he can do, and he's had his best year. I don't think Dak is overrated. I think Dak 
the expectations were so low for Dak. I don't understand how now, because you see him playing well, well, that's the standard. I think Dak's been incredible, considering what he's coming back from, like, and what people expected, including you, Coop. So to be fair, when I saw the injury, I thought he had the Gordon Hayward injury, which he didn't have. I thought it was the two-year injury. He didn't have that injury. It was a different injury. It was more. It looked more gruesome than it was. It's broken leg. He's back in four months. He was fine. That's a different injury. Broken leg, you're fine. Sure. I'm just sure. saying that Jimmy Garoppolo beat the Dallas Cowboys. Jimmy G, the guy you say is terrible, outplayed Dak Prescott. The running game was amazing. San Fran, my team all season. I believe in these guys. Jimmy G, the future Colts quarterback, God willing. I just, I love the San Fran team, Webb, and I'm, I'm glad you're finally on board with them. I really appreciate that very much. Because I mean, you, believed, I don't think... you believed in Jimmy G over Dak Prescott this week. You did. You chose Jimmy G over midseason MVP Dak Prescott. It says a lot about you, and I appreciate that. I chose the 49ers over Dallas. I think, uh, I still think Jimmy G's out of, out of there in San Francisco. Um, unless somehow the 49ers win the Super Bowl. But, uh, yeah, I just thought, like, uh, they didn't get any balance. Like, I don't know if Zeke is done, but Zeke didn't look good. Uh, da- Dallas is usually a team that forces turnovers. They had turnovers themselves. Uh, in terms of possession, San Fran dominated. So, like, it just wasn't set up for Dallas to really fare well. Um, San Fran had the ball way too long, and they ran the hell out of the football. Great game. Great win by the 49ers. Let's talk about a terrible game, though, Webb. The Kansas City Chiefs beat up on the Steelers 42-21. The Steelers got a defensive touchdown to open up scoring. Then the Chiefs took over. This was a beatdown. Chiefs Chiefs won by 20. It never felt that close, though. Big Ben was awful. He apparently, uh, Mike Tomlin has said that they are acting as if he is retired. He has not announced it officially yet, but it's over for him. Mahomes threw five touchdowns, 400 yards. I'm just glad Ben's done. Aren't you? It was it was a sad way for him to go out, but I'm glad it's over. <laughs> but you're doubling down. I remember when uh, we were talking a few weeks ago, you said it was better that Pittsburgh had not made the playoffs and Ben won that last game. 100%. That's a genius move by me. 100%. Then Pittsburgh make the playoffs and then get blown up by the Chiefs. I still don't believe that is the better outcome. I I thought the game was was good in the first maybe the first half so, or so like that the, the Chiefs scored it was 7-7 and the Chiefs scored with like two minutes left in the second quarter and they scored again with like 30 seconds left they made it 21-7 at halftime but until like yeah. three minutes left in the second quarter it was a close game yeah and then it was when over TJ Watt, when TJ Watt scored that touchdown I was like okay huh maybe we're gonna be surprised tonight and um yeah it it was never the same after that. But I, I had the exact um, same thought, by the way. TJ Watt scored, and I was like, ooh, maybe we have a game here. And then Ben yeah. threw, and I was like, no, nah, the game's over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, Mahomes was spreading the ball around. I was surprised how involved he had, like, everyone on the team. Everybody scored. Uh, or or they at least got a lot of catches. They got a lot of targets, a lot of looks. Um, ben did not look good. Najee Harris had not fumbled the entire season. He coughed at the ball. Nothing could go wrong. Could go right. Uh, they couldn't defend the pass. They couldn't defend uh, much, really. They couldn't run the ball. It was bad. And the Chiefs' defense looked really good. 
let me ask you a question. Do you think Najee Harris was jinxed? Because all week, they're like, Najee Harris never fumbled the ball. Game starts, Najee Harris never had a fumble. He fumbles immediately. It, it, it jinxed him, 100%. Yeah, they focused on that way too much. Not fair. We, go, we got it. We got it. <laughs> Uncalled yeah. for. It's like, whenever they say, this kicker's never missed a field goal within 40 yards at the end of the game, they always miss. It's a jinx. They're just jerks. The Mason Crosby special. <laughs> Chiefs first Bills this week, by the way. I cannot wait for that game. It's going to be incredible. Yeah, I mean, the pressure's on uh, Josh Allen, I think. Bill's going to have to deliver. City of Buffalo. City you hate. Okay, your LA Rams beat down the Cardinals 34-11 yesterday. Kyler Murray did his best Carson Wentz impression, throwing a pick six in the end zone. This has, I think this is the worst game a good quarterback has played in the last five seasons. I can't remember a worse game. At one point in the third quarter, Kyler had 27 passing yards and Odell Beckham had 40. That's how this game was going. Uh, The Rams looked incredible. Odell Beckham played his best game as a Ram, maybe. Cooper Cup made plays. Higby made some plays. Stafford did not throw the ball away. Sony Michelle ran well. Cam Akers did some things. Prayers up to Buda Baker, who's recovered from his concussion, apparently. How good do you feel right now after this Rams victory win? And how bad was Kyler yesterday? Yeah, I wasn't that inspired by this win. Uh, I've been saying the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl for like almost a year. I thought this was the second worst game of the wildcard weekend. Uh, it was, and I'm a Rams fan. I, I enjoyed them beating down on the Cardinals, but it was over very early. And uh, Kyler looked really bad. And I don't want to say the jury is out on him because he had a really good season. Uh, last year, but I'll say this: next year is going to say a lot about about Kyler and and, and where he stands in the league. Because he, I mean, in fairness to him, he didn't have hop. I don't think he has much help with the receivers. Um, and I thought the play calling wasn't that great. Chase Edmonds and uh, uh, James Conner didn't get very many carries. And you and I both said that they needed to establish the run with those guys to have a chance. Uh, it was over very early. I actually think this was the worst game of the weekend. Uh, just because Arizona didn't show up for the game. Apparently on Arizona, they said if they get 25 carries between James Conner and Chase Edmonds and Kyle, and there's no turnovers, the Rams don't have a chance. That's what Cardinals people told the media. It was pathetic. I just, the Rams didn't have to do anything. Stafford threw the ball 17 times, two touchdowns. Like, Thank God. The defense, the, <laughs> exactly. The defense took over. They were given the ball to a white running back at one point. That's how little respect they had for these Cardinals. Like, I just, I disagree about the receivers, too. Christian Kirk's not bad. Rondale Moore, Moore is explosive. Zach Ertz was an elite tight end at one point. James Conner had 18 touchdowns this year or something like that. Chase Edmonds is a good receiving back. They had weapons. Kyler just seemed like the moment was too big for him. And I never thought I'd say that about him because he's... Apparently, this big court, big like big moment quarterback. I've had all the big games, and he did not show up at all. And you said he had a good season. He had a good first two months. Not September, this October. Last season, same thing. He has a good September, October. He's a different guy in December and November. I think because he's so little, his body just can't take the beating, and it comes. You know how many rushing yards he had yesterday? Uh, he led the he led the team, but I don't remember how many he had. He did not lead the team in rush yards. He had six rushing yards yesterday. 
Oh shoot, my fault. It's and I only bring this up because I bet on him to have over forty-one rushing yards. I thought he would do it's a good fault. job running the ball. I know. I was like, Kyler is explosive. He's maybe like a top three running quarterback. Him, Josh Allen, and Lamar, and he did nothing. Not explosive. His body can't handle it. I think Arizona has to look at who, the quarterback and if he's the guy going forward, if his body can hold up. I have my doubts. I uh, I feel like an idiot. I mixed up Kyler's performance with uh, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts led his team in rushing. rushing. Sorry. Um, yeah, but this, I thought this was the second worst game. I thought the Buffalo-New England game was really bad, really bad. Like I, I wanted to turn it off at the halftime. At the half, I thought Arizona would at least put up a fight. I do think they need better weapons on offense. Christian Kirk, like you said, is he's solid. Rondo Moore, they're solid. None of those guys are really even number twos on a on a on a good team. Zach Ertz was good. What five years ago? Two years ago, he was good. He had his moments yeah, in Arizona. Yeah, he was hurt last season. This season, he was pretty good in Arizona. I think he's still a good tight end. I think he's still good. I think he's I th- I think he's all right, but I don't know if I'd even put him in like top five or anything. I think he's a top ten tight end if healthy. I think he has the talent still. So he's a good receiving tight end. But okay. You hate Zach Ertz, the city of Philadelphia, and Buffalo. That's interesting, Web. Good job. I have Zach Ertz in fantasy. I think I think Zach Ertz is, is is solid, but I don't I don't know, man. I don't know if he has much left in the tank. I wouldn't give him big money. Philly, like, see, I know why you said that because he's one thousand percent signing with the Colts this offseason to give yep. Carson Wentz some hope, and you're just doing this so you can needle me later when he signs with the Colts because you're a bad person. I don't yep. appreciate it. Reunite the uh, the Eagles, the championship teams. run. <laughs> They're yeah. the worst. Okay, Web. Let's talk about some injuries in the NBA. It has been ravaged by injuries the last couple of days. Uh I can't remember a worse, like, four-day period just in terms of announcements. So, Kevin Durant, sprained MCL. Going to miss four to six weeks, according to Woj. Kyrie Irving says, even with KD hurt, he will not get the vaccine, by the way. A little side note for you. What do you think Kevin Durant's injury means for the Nets going forward? Well, they have to figure things out and get to know one another and build chemistry because they have a solid team. Um, I think it impacts them tremendously, but I think having... Kyrie for the road games and James Harden there full time. Well, we'll see if it's full time because apparently James Harden's open to being moved. But um, uh, I think it just means that the Nets need to rally together. Hopefully, they get Joe Harris back soon. They got Lamarcus Aldridge back yesterday. Uh, they're supposed to get Nick Claxton back soon. So hopefully, the team can stay healthy because I think they're they're a sneaky deep team and can definitely uh, compete for like a top three. Top three seed in the East. I think they could before, but with Kevin Durant missing a month, Kyrie only playing road games, these injuries, I'm not, I think they're going to slip down a little bit. The East is surprisingly strong right now. They're playing pretty good basketball. It's going to be interesting. But the next guy I want to talk about, Paul George. You know, I almost sent you a trade for him today. So Paul, jo- Paul George has been ruled out indefinitely with an elbow injury. He has a torn UCL in his elbow. Dame Lillard had abdominal surgery. He will be examined in five weeks. Apparently, he got hurt during the summer, which would have been good to know before I drafted him in fantasy basketball. Thanks a lot, Dame. But I almost sent you Dame for Paul George today as a trade offer. 
I was going to do it live on the show. Would you have accepted that offer if I said it to you? Absolutely not. I think both those guys are out for the season. It's moot. Yeah. I think Paul George is done for the season, and I would not be surprised if Dame was out for the year. And Anthony Simons might be better than him as well, by the way. A little side note there for you. That is not true. But uh, Paul George, I can see Paul George coming back more than I can see Dame coming back, only because the Clippers at least are hovering around the playoff spot. Portland's done. They're done. There's no reason to bring Dame back. If Portland was at least competing, I'd be like, yeah, sure, you'll see Dame in March. But Portland's pretty bad. They're going to be a lottery team. Clippers are at least in the top, like, six or seven. Um, so Paul George might be done. But uh, there's a chance he comes back, I think. Okay. Miles Turner has a foot injury. He will miss at least two weeks. The Pacers were trying to trade him before this. Big man with foot injury. Not easy to trade. Do you think that ch- does he get moved still, or is this kind of kill his value? Yeah, I really don't know because that injury. I don't know. Miles Turner getting hurt seems to be pretty, uh, pretty expected, pretty routine. So I don't know if this shocks teams. Um, does it hurt his trade value? I mean, more than it did last week. Yeah, when he wasn't out with this stress, stress injury, whatever on his foot. But I still think a team will be willing to deal for him. I just don't know who. I think this makes him untradeable. I just, we've seen big guys have careers ruined by foot injuries. It's so hard to overcome. And unless you have him in your building for a long time, you have no idea how he's going to respond to this. And he's injury prone. It happens frequently. So he doesn't have good bones. I just have no faith in him. I'm out. I'm out on Miles Turner. Like that good bones comment there, huh? Good bones. I like, I like Miles Turner. I think that um, I think that a team will trade for him because the Pacers have been wanting to break up him and Sabonis for a while. Sabonis also wants out, so it would actually be interesting if they kept Miles Turner and dealt Sabonis. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's one hundred percent ruled out, especially knowing that Miles Turner always gets hurt. He can come back this season from this injury, and they're back I wouldn't up- do it, but yeah. Their backup Goga looked pretty good last night as well. He played pretty well. So there may be no rush to bring him back at all. Yeah, and they're out of the playoffs. So uh, they're not going to make the playoffs this year, it seems. Uh, so yeah, they might as well just uh, just see what they, they have. Okay, Zach Levine has a left knee issue. He'll be re-examined in a week. Zach Levine, I had him as second team All-Pro when we did our thing last week. Play incredible this year. Chicago's the one seed in the East. I think he tore his ACL earlier in his career, right? Yeah, when he was out in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, do you think this is a major issue going forward for him, or is he going to be fine in a week? What, do you, what are your thoughts here? I don't think he'll be fine at all. But they said he avoided, avoided like major structural damage or like a significant injury. So I think it's better news than they, um, than they could have heard. But I... I don't know, these injuries, like especially Zach Levine, who uses a lot of his athleticism um, in his game, it, it, it could be concerning, I think, that it's happened. And I think with Chicago in the first uh, first overall uh, in, in the East, they could probably rest him. Put my boy, Kobe White, put my boy, Io, who's looked incredible in two starts. I love Io Desunmu. Um so, He's a career good. Before you start, because I am one of your best friends, okay? Yesterday, 
I saw Ayo available in fantasy basketball, and I did not pick him up to do you a favor. I swear to God, I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? I insulted this guy way too much. It would not be right to web. And I left him to you. Z picked him up today, because I am a good friend. You're welcome. Yeah, I, Coop, honestly, if you were a nicer person, I would have thanked you, but you talked way too much smack about Ayo to even think about picking him up. So, like, on just on principle, you shouldn't have even looked at it. He laughed at me when I said he's good. He's playing incredible basketball right now. Kobe White, too. But um, he had five steals. Iowa had five steals, I believe, yesterday. He's looking great, just like he did back in Illinois. And uh, just on principle, you shouldn't have even looked at him. He didn't deserve him. It was honestly going to be a spite move. I was going to pick him up and leave him on my bench just to mess with you because I knew you'd wanted him. But I, I didn't do that because I'm a good friend. And I think you don't give me the credit I deserve. I'm there for you at all times. Coop, I know you, to, for all listeners, I know Coop. Coop left him on the bench, sorry, on the waiver wire, knowing that I wanted to pick him up. Um, because one, Coop doesn't think he has a need for him, and he also is secretly hoping that Iowa's bad. That was he a doesn't want Iowa to be good. <laughs> that was a percent true. <laughs> I am, ho- am going to check the box score every night, hope Ayu has two points on two, and 11, two of 11 shooting, like, I am waiting for these days to send you text messages. <laughs> Can't wait. Well, enjoy and, the day. God. The last guy that just got announced, actually, before our show started, Donovan Mitchell has entered the concussion protocol for the, for the league. He entered last night after having symptoms. I didn't even know this was a thing in the NBA, the concussion protocol. Did you know this was a thing? Yeah. They've had it. They've had it. They just haven't had it on big stars, but they have... Um... I'm trying to think of people who've had concussions that I can remember. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know last season quite a few people had it. I mean, I'm sure guys have had concussions. I just can't remember there being a protocol. Like, the NFL has a protocol you have to follow. The yeah, NBA, I don't think concussions a, are, like, a big epidemic problem. Like, I don't think it's a big thing. It's not as big as the NFL. Nowhere near, but they, yeah. I, I know they have a protocol. Um, it's just It's just the big stars. It doesn't really happen to them. Well, I hope James is okay. Sorry, I hope Don Mitchell is okay because he's playing incredible. And yeah, I'm rooting for him because he's great to watch. Yeah, he's fun to watch. I hope he... Uh, I didn't even notice. I don't even remember when he was concussed yesterday. Yeah, I have no idea either. It happened yeah. He after the game. He said he had symptoms and no one knew before that apparently. So I was very surprised by this news. He didn't play very well. So that probably, uh, that probably goes to the show. Okay, Webb. The only thing you like more than insulting me is making lists. And the only thing you like making, like doing more than making lists is insulting other people's lists. It's your go-to move. The NFL released their all-pro teams this season. Webb sent me a text. Hey, Coop, let's make fun of this list and say who we would kick off this list. Because even more than insulting me, he likes taking things away from people who earned them. So, Webb. Who do you think has not earned... Sorry. Let's start with the Pro Bowl list. This is the All-Pro list. Five guys were unanimous selections. Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams, 50 votes. Jonathan Taylor of the Colts, 50 votes. TJ Watt of the Steelers and defensive tackle Aaron Donald. Those guys were unanimous selections. Do you think any of them should not have made this team? Uh, No, I don't think any of them should have been left off. I and Coop, this may hurt you. I do think the Jonathan Taylor unanimous vote 
situation um, is interesting. He had an incredible year, but I also think that the running backs are very bad. So I don't really know if it's a combination of him having such a great year and the running backs being mediocre for the most part. Like like Nick Chubb had a good season. Derrick Henry was hurt. It was such a steep drop off between Jonathan Taylor and, and anyone else, really. Um, and and even Derrick Henry last year didn't have a unanimous selection, and he had an incredible uh, year, one of the best years a running back has had. See, listeners, Webb has no one to replace Jonathan Taylor as a unanimous pick and still tries to take this away from him like he doesn't deserve it. What a dirtbag move by you. Not surprising, but typical Webb move. Okay, I'm going to go position by position because I think the all-pro team is actually really well done this year. I don't have many issues with any players suggested. I have like two things that could have been done. How many issues do you have with this roster? I have two major issues and I could have seen a couple other um, players on, on in some other positions, but two, two major beefs. Okay. Let's hear your first beef right now. Who is your biggest problem on this all pro team? Uh, Debo Samuel. Interesting. I was not expecting that. That is surprising to me. Okay. Who did you want on this team besides Debo Samuel? I think I know who you're going to say. Who is it? Uh, Justin Jefferson, I thought could have been there and should have been there over Debo Samuel. Um, I would have been okay with Tyreek Hill making it over Debo Samuel. I'm not saying he had to be there, but I thought for sure Justin Jefferson should have made the all-pro team over Debo Samuel. So... I had the same thought as you at first. I was like, Justin Jefferson, I could have even made the case for Jamar Chase for what he meant for that offense. But sure. I think it was his rushing, too. They included both. That he's such an important off piece of that San Fran offense. I think he had nine rushing touchdowns this year, too. Was it six? Six or nine? So he had uh, 12 touchdowns, two more than Jefferson. I think that's why they did this. But... I, I understand your problem. It makes sense to me. He's more of a gimmick guy than a true outside wide receiver. I understand your problem there. That makes sense. Yeah, he actually had eight rushing touchdowns this year. Um, so he had 14 touchdowns. That's pretty good. I mean, total, sure. Uh, Jamar Chase had 13 touchdowns. But only I, I see why they left him off. He only had 81 catches. That's I, I, I think to be on this list, you have to have over 100 catches, which... Uh, Debo Samuel only had 77, but coupled that with San Fran doing well and him also being utilized, uh, you know, uh, as a running back as well, or a gimmick kind of hybrid player, I could see why they didn't put Jamar Chase over Debo Samuel. But Justin Jefferson, man, uh, 108 catches, 1600 yards, 10 touchdowns. To me, that's those are big numbers, man. Over 100 catches, uh, double-digit touchdowns. I think what hurt was Minnesota not making the playoffs. I think if Minnesota made the playoffs over San Fran, I think there's a chance that the, or if they were, sorry, if Minnesota was slated to make the playoffs over San Fran throughout the season, I think this would have been an easier uh, decision for the voters. If Minnesota made the playoffs, Jefferson would have made the list for sure. Jefferson. His season is unimpeachable. It was amazing. He did a great job. He won me a fantasy title, so I respect him forever. But Debo is incredible. But they're so different. The issue is 
Cooper Cup is the slot receiver, and Debo Samuel is kind of a slot receiver as well, running back. Jefferson is a true outside receiver, him and Devontae Adams. So it would have made more sense for Jefferson to be there, actually, now that I think about it. For those three receivers, Jefferson, Cup, and Adams makes more sense as a three than Debo. Webb, you have switched my mind. I agree with you. Debo should not have been first team all pro. Good job. That's right. What is your second complaint with this list? Not as big as my first complaint, but uh, it's the center position. But again, I think this is due to recency bias and maybe rewarding people who uh, uh, make the playoffs. I had so uh, uh, Jason Kelsey made the center position. Obviously, Jason Kelsey is no scrub. I thought Corey Lindsley would have been a better selection than him. And I don't understand why Corey Lindsley was not on it, other than the fact that the Chargers missed the playoffs. So Corey Lindsley was the second team all-pro center, and Jason Kels was the first team. I had the center issue as well, but for a different guy than you. Uh, Creed Humphrey for the Chiefs. The rookie was incredible this season. I think he had the lowest sack rate of any player. Out of his mind. But I get why they gave it to Kelsey. They had the number one rushing offense in Philadelphia with a bad quarterback who made the playoffs. They kind of reward guys to make the playoffs. So I get it, but I think there was... I think Lindsley or Creed Humphrey would, be, would have been better better selections than him. So I agree with you there. And, and I agree with you on Humphrey. I was looking at the stats. like He actually had 200 more snaps than Corey Lindsley and did exactly what you said. Only allowed a couple sacks. So he definitely... He had, he had an impressive uh, season this year. Sorry, I find it really hard to judge offensive linemen unless you're specifically watching them. So I rely on PFF a lot for these things. And they had Creed Humphrey as the all-pro center. Uh, I, it's just impossible for us to watch 15 games a week and then pay particular attention to linemen play. So I rely on them a decent amount. And yeah, they said Creed Humphrey was better. And I tend to believe some things they say. So I think, yeah, Webb, we're agreeing too much today. I don't like it. You've chalked me into something which never happens. I'm very impressed with you. I'm very impressed today. You prepared for once. I appreciate it. <laughs> the, even, the, even when I compliment you, I take a little jab. <laughs> of course you do. The rest, uh, the rest of my uh, notes aren't really issues I had. I, they're more like things where I was like, I could see these guys here as well. Not, it's not really beef that I have. It's more like, it would have been nice to see these guys recognized. So the one issue I had there, which you haven't mentioned yet, is Micah Parsons at linebacker. So he was a linebacker, but he was in defensive player of the year talks because of his pass rushing ability. And they kind of just squeezed him on as a linebacker to fit him on the team and not kick off TJ Watermiles Garrett because those guys were better season, had better seasons. But you could make the argument that Demario Davis on New Orleans, Roquan Smith, or Bobby Wagner had better seasons as strictly linebackers than Micah Parsons did. Micah Parsons had a better season than those guys for sure, but not at linebacker. That's a fair point. That's not something I had taken into consideration. I just I saw Parsons on the all pro list and I was like, yeah, he should be there somewhere. So I didn't <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> I, I agree a thousand percent. Wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's I agree a thousand percent. He should be on the team, but he wasn't taking the spot over TJ Watt, and it's arguable about Miles Garrett. So this is kind of a backdoor way to get him on. But right. as a linebacker, he wasn't 
an all-pro guy. He was a, as a pass rusher, right? It's just different. And it's interesting that you said Bobby Wagner. Uh, I think I think Bobby Wagner could have been on the list too, but voters were probably like, should he have been on the list? Seattle won what, six games or seven games. He made second team all-pro. That's why I just used him as an example. He was on the second team. Yeah. So any of these guys, you could have said, sure. And one more I, also, I had. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say one more I had at the linebacker position who I, I would have been okay with uh, being there is Denzel Perryman on the Raiders. I thought he was fantastic. I'm not saying he should have been there over uh, Devontae Campbell or uh, your boy, uh, Darius Leonard. But I would have been okay if he made it there. I think he was one of the best defenders on the Raiders, not named Max Crosby, all over the field, crazy high motor. And the, and the Chargers, sorry, the, the, the Raiders made it to the uh, the playoffs. Yeah, fair. Uh, the one other one I would say was A.J. Terrell on Atlanta. He was second team All-Pro. And the guy I would have replaced is, sorry, Trayvon Diggs on Dallas. Trayvon Diggs had the most interceptions in the league this year. But he also allowed the most yards in the league. I think he had allowed over a thousand yards in passes. And AJ Terrell only allowed two hundred yards in completed passes this season. It's just a way different thing. So I understand takeaways, but I also understand big plays. So if you had AJ Terrell as first team All Pro, I would have been okay with that over Trayvon Diggs. That's fair. Uh, I think Trayvon Diggs was sort of a controversial pick because for, for the same reasons that you mentioned. So if Trayvon was not on it, I wouldn't have been upset especially um, for the reasons that you mentioned. Uh, and he's not solidified like um, like Jalen Ramsey is. He's not a shooting on this list. Jalen Ramsey's incredible. He's so good. Ugh. Two first-round picks is a steal somehow. That's crazy. Yeah. Any other all-pro beefs you have? Do you want to destroy other man's lives? So what are you doing here? You're good there? I was good. I, I I think the one pick that they made. That <laughs> I knew I was, there was more. I knew there was more. No, this is this is actually this is actually a compliment. I thought they got the tight end position right. I thought they were going to screw it up and give it to Travis Kelsey, but they gave it to Mark Andrews, and I thought he deserved it. Um, and I'm glad that they didn't get that wrong because Baltimore didn't make the playoffs. Mark Andrews had 107 catches this year, just a dominant season with backups throwing to him. Yeah, yeah, he was incredible this year. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad, glad they that. Me too. Yeah, because last year, Kelsey was a unanimous pick. Um, him and Aaron Donald, I believe. So with the Chiefs doing well this year, I thought there was just going to be like this blindness towards uh, rewarding the Chiefs. But Mark Andrews' season, like you said, was dominant. Good choice. Okay, Webb. We're going to end the show talking about the best NFL head coaching jobs available as of today. There are eight open head coaching jobs we are including the Raiders. They have not fired interim coach Rich Basaglia yet, Basaccia yet, but they have interviewed people for his job, by the way, which is really weird to me. They fired Mike Mayock yesterday, but have not given Basaccia the same respects. So I want to start eight to one. I think our lists are going to be very, very different. What do you have as the worst head coaching job this season? I can't count. So I had eight teams and put one to seven. But the worst team that I have, or the worst uh, uh, opening, or the, the 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 team I would least want to go into out of the out of the open positions is Houston. We have them in drastically different positions. <laughs> well, damn, Coop. So 
why do you have Houston at eight? Because and it's not, this is not a roster thing. This is a, 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 a an organizational thing. This is the, the institution there. I think it's troublesome. I don't want to work for uh, for McNair. I don't want to work for Easterby. I don't want to work for um, uh, Cassiero. I just feel like this is a toxic place, and I don't feel that much much has changed within the organization in terms of the brass. And with the Deshaun situation still having to be resolved, and yeah, I just I just feel like it doesn't have that veteran presence. I want to, you know. I want a team that has a player there that's been there for years who wants to be there. Like, I feel like guys would welcome the opportunity to leave Houston, like players. I just, I don't know. To me, it's it's more of an organizational thing, but even the roster, it's not even about the caliber of players. I'm just worried that there is, um, there is uh, like malcontent there. We'll get to Houston a little bit later on my list. My number eight team is the New York Giants. Each of the last three coaches has got fired in two seasons. Danny Dimes is not the answer, so they have no quarterback. They gave Kenny Galladay $70 million and drafted a, running, a receiver in the first round in Kadarius Tony, and they had zero touchdowns this year. A new GM could... The, Gettleman's gone as general manager. They have not replaced him yet. But the New York market is hell. These guys don't get a fair shot. If they're not good in two years, he's fired. So I think that is the worst job in the NFL this year. What is your seventh yeah. worst team? This might surprise you. The Miami Dolphins. They are my seventh as well. Oh, really? Yeah. And and again, it's not the roster. I think the roster is solid, especially defensively. It's the fact that they got, I, I mean, reportedly got rid of uh, 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 Flores and chose Tua over Flores in a way. I don't want to be the coach who has to be stuck with Tua when I'm not even high on Tua. And I think, I don't know. I just think it's a weird situation. Um, I feel like they're, they're impatient and I feel like this team's really good. And um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to be stuck. Uh, you know, when Tua's bad, I feel like I'll get blamed for it. That is the exact reason I have Miami at seven as well. The defense is good, but you fired Brian Flores after he had two winning seasons out of three. That's pretty good. You chose Tua over Brian Flores. So if Tua is bad, I'm getting fired. And I like Tua. I think he's a decent quarterback. But I don't like him enough where he has to be good for you to succeed. I think this is this is kind of toxic. I have no faith in them hiring a head coach who can... If, if they're going to fire you for Tua not being good, then why even hire a head coach? Chris Greer, the general manager, should just coach the team himself. That's what you need to happen. I just don't understand what they're doing. You hire a coach because he knows football, and it seems like you don't care what he knows. You just care what you know. So I just think this is a bad situation for anybody. Agree. Who is number six on your list? Uh, Jacksonville. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, maybe he's a blank slate next year. Maybe he's really good. I just think there's just, there's just a lot in flux. The history of the team, the team has not been good historically. A few years ago with Jalen Ramsey. AJ Bouye, they were the best defense in the NFL. I shouldn't even say a few years ago. It's been longer than that, but that's long gone. I don't think this team is very good. And um, I just, just, I'm just not really keen on going in there. Like they don't really keep head coaches long either. And I think uh, Shad Khan is, uh, he's not afraid to fire coaches. He's not afraid to shake things up. He's not afraid to make moves, uh, like risky moves. So I just feel like it's too much of a gamble. 
Except for the GM Trent Balky for some reason. He's staying forever. For some, I don't understand that, but yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this is interesting because we have... I'll get to Jacksonville a little later in my list. That's interesting. Okay. N- number six on my list is Minnesota. Uh, I think this is a solid team every year, but I Kirk Cousins is not good enough to get you to a Super Bowl. So you're constantly going to be middling. You're going to be eight and nine, seven and nine, seven and ten. Now you're just going to be okay. The defense may take a step back with Zimmer gone, which has been their strong suit. I just you're never going to be good enough with Kirk Cousins, and you're not in a position to be bad enough to draft someone better. So you're just constantly going to be in the middle, and middling coaches get fired. Like there's nothing you you can't do anything. You're going to get fired, and that's all you are. I think Minnesota's not a great job. All right, cool. This is why I love the list. <laughs> okay. This is why you love it. You were addicted. Webb and I have been making lists for legitimately 15 years on just random days. I'll just get a yeah. text. Hey, Coop, who's the best res- receiver from 2004? Like, All right, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then like real arguments come out of these things. There's no winning. <laughs> yeah. I think the Hakeem Nicks joke happened because of a list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the giant. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Who is number five on your list? Five, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we we're talking about them for most of this podcast, Vegas. And uh, it's just the aftermath. It's just the, the fingerprint of Mayock and John Gruden that's left there. Fake this franchise is cursed. I just don't want any part of it. Um, it's not that I don't think this team could be good. They obviously rallied around Bisaccia, um, you know, assuming that he doesn't get the head coaching job permanently. I don't think that I would jump to to coach this team. It just seems like, I don't know, man, like there's just so much going on. It's just been a lot of bad news for this team this year. And Mayock made some questionable draft picks that you're going to be stuck with for a while. I love these lists because we see things very differently. <laughs> I guess the Las Vegas a little bit later in my list too. My number five is Houston. I like some pieces on this team. I think Davis Mills is kind of good. Their GM, Nick Casario, got some players on one-year deals that were solid. I think he has a vision for this team. And if they trade Deshaun, they can get two or three first-round picks. It's a big F. But I, I don't think the cupboard is as bare as we think it is. And it's a weak division. The Colts have Carson Wentz. The Tennessee Titans never impressed me. I'm just, I think this is a division that is easily takeable with a good quarterback. So I, I think this is job is better than you're giving credit for. Yeah. Who is number four on your list? Uh, the Bears of Chicago. I had them as four at four as well. Yeah. Um, smack dab in the middle. Uh, it's interesting because uh, they haven't had a good quarterback, and they have a chance to with with Justin Fields. They've always had a, well, not always, but recently they've had a, a you know, a, a solid defense. Um, they have some great pieces on defense. They need some receiving help. I have a chance to maybe lock up Allen Robinson, who I think is one of the best receivers in the league. Had a horrible season this year, but I think they have some good pieces on on, on both ends of the uh, both sides of the football. Um, and I think this team can really turn it around. I think this team can. Uh, and say challenge for the division, but it can be good, man. I will say this team could challenge for the division. I think Justin Fields could be the truth. I loved him coming out of the draft. We saw very little from him this year because Matt Nagy is incompetent. Uh, but 
I think they need to hire Brian Dayball, the the Bills offensive coordinator, and use Justin Fields like the Bills use Josh Allen. And I think this could be incredible. Justin Fields is super athletic. He's fast. He has a great arm. He has a great touch on passes. He's developed as a thrower. He can do everything Josh Allen can do. He's just not as big. But the skills are all there. He would fit this offense so well. And the defense is good, like you said. They need some pieces. But with a young quarterback, guys will want to come play with him. So I think this is an interesting spot that could be really good going forward. Interesting that we had them the same spot. Yeah. Who is number three on your list? So, uh, the Giants team that you yeah. are not high on. 100%. <laughs> just, just crazy. Um, the reason why I have the Giants, so you're right about the history. They don't seem to give coaches a lot of grace. They're quick to fire you. You get two two years and that's it. This has been uh, the worst team along with Jacksonville since 2017, but I like the pieces. I thought the Giants were going to win the division this year, so I think this they still have a solid roster. Um, they have two major positions haunting them right now. That's Saquon Barkley, number two overall. Daniel Jones, uh, number six overall by 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 David Gettleman, who stepped down. Yes, I think it was six or seven. I think it was six, though. Yeah, it was, it was too early. That's 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 where it was. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So that's to me a big um, a big uh, roadblock to them being much better. But I think they have solid pieces on defense, some solid pieces in the O line, good receiving core on paper. Kadarius Tony, Sterling Shepard, Kenny Do- Kenny Galladay. I think that's a that's a that's a solid receiving core. Deep. They just can't stay healthy. <laughs> but I think this team is I think the roster is good. It's just the organization. Um I don't think John Mara's a bad owner. I don't think he's McNair. I, I I just think he he was spoiled by Eli beating the Patriots. Um and he expects greatness from this this team. And you know, obviously the Giants have, have great success in their history, but um, I think that he will choose to uh, approach things differently. You are making a lot of cases why this is one of the worst coaching jobs, and you gave him third. So I just want to point that out real quick. You said it was a good job, and then said why it was not a good job. So you just did. What do you mean with the Daniel Jones and Saquon? Yeah, they don't have a quarterback. You don't get. You only get two years to succeed. <laughs> no, but I. <laughs> I on paper. That, um, they ruined the second overall pick. A lot of things were issues. I think Daniel Jones can be solid if if they have a if the if the receivers can stay healthy. If the O line can, Daniel Jones for most of his quarterback for most of his career has been running all over the field getting set. Saquon, I don't know what they're going to do by him. That is that is a that is a a huge uh, huge challenge. I don't know what they're going to do. Danny Jones is great at running sixty five yards and then falling down when no one touched him. That's what he's great at doing. <laughs> He should not be the franchise the franchise quarterback, but I think I don't think they're invested in Daniel Jones for the long term. So I, you know, that gives me a little bit of uh, of hope, and I like the pieces on this team for the most part. My number three are the Denver Broncos. This team has a lot of talent, great defense, really solid pieces on offense. They're just missing a quarterback. Hopefully they get a quarterback this offseason, but they don't have it yet. That's a glaring need for this team. So I had them at three on my list. Who is number two on your list? Denver Broncos. 
for the same reasons that you gave. So I'm not gonna repeat it. Um, it was close. They could have been number one for me. Okay, interesting. My number two is the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Mayock got fired, but he has a lot of hit, a lot of hits later in the draft. Max Crosby in round four. I think Hunter Renfro was round six. Elite pass rusher, quarterback who is taking the playoffs. He's not a great quarterback, but he's a solid starting quarterback. Probably top 15 guy. I think having a guy who doesn't get scared in big moments and can play is important to have. And you have one already. John Gruden had issues. They drafted some troublemakers, but that's gone now. I think there's a good there's a good baseline for where your team should be. Basile came in. They made the playoffs still. They beat the Chargers in one of the most fun games I've ever seen. The team is pretty solid. I think they have a good baseline, and I think that's a good job to have. Although, they haven't fired the interim coach yet, and they're interviewing new people for the job, which is not a great thing for an organization to do. So, there is that. Who is your number one job, Webb? Uh, my number one job is with the Minnesota Vikings because I think this team is solid for the reasons that you said that the Vikings are a middle-of-the-pack team every year. They're on the bubble. They get eight wins, maybe nine wins, but they're never a shoe-in for the playoffs. They never qualify at the beginning of December. Like They're not, they're not getting a, a playoff berth before week 18. But um, I think that can change. I think Kirk Cousins is, is, is solid. If Derek Carr is a starting quarterback, I think Kirk Cousins is much better than that. He was a top 10 quarterback, probably even better than that this year. Maybe top eight. Like he was, he, he was really good. I think he has some good pieces on offense. The offense is fun. Dalvin Cook, Madison, um, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Osborne. Uh, I'm really excited. Um, their, their secondary is pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> need some work there. The Harrison Smith is, is 80 years old. He's good. I like him, but he can't stay healthy. Patrick Peterson, um, mm, he went there and the the, the passing defense uh, got worse. Um, Daniil Hunter's great. Can't really stay healthy. But I think this is a, a solid team. Uh, and this is the most the most exciting job for me. It would have been Denver had Denver already had. If Denver had Kirk Cousins, I would have had Denver as a number one uh, coaching opportunity. Because Denver still needs to look for a quarterback. And... Their receivers can't stay healthy. I'm just worried about them. And with Elway kind of over you like that, I think it's very intimidating. And I feel like the Denver coaches haven't really lasted in the last few years. Minnesota's had that longevity with with uh, Zimmer and with, uh, with Leslie Frazier and I can't remember the other. I can't remember the guy who came before Leslie Frazier. But you don't see a lot of coaches. Okay, I had them at number six. So that's very interesting. Yeah. And my number team, I think, is a team you had at number six. The Jacksonville Jaguars. And it's Trevor Lawrence. You have the option of getting a guy who I still think is going to be a top five quarterback in two years. I think he's incredible. I am all in on Trevor Lawrence. It'd be like hitching your wagon to Patrick Mahomes before he was Mahomes. You do that because if you have a great quarterback and you win games, you're not getting fired. You keep your job. Chuck Pagano was the Colts head coach for like six seasons, and he was terrible at his job. But Andrew Luck was there. So he kept winning games. Trevor Lawrence is going to be that kind of quarterback. He is elite. He can do everything. Urban Meyer was garbage. But I think this season you see the Jaguars are going to win like eight or nine games this year. That's being... If they won the division next year, I would not be shocked. That's how good I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be in this league. 
Peyton Manning went three and thirteen as a rookie, and the next season he went thirteen and three. I'm not saying Lawrence will do that, but that's the kind of talent he has. I'm all in on Trevor Lawrence. Interesting pick. Just on a, as a side note, I said I could not remember the coach who came before Leslie Frazier in Minnesota was Brad Childress. Um, but interesting note about Jacksonville. I do hope Trevor Lawrence is really good because it would be fun if Jacksonville is good, but remains to be seen. And uh, I think you have to throw this whole year out for Urban Meyer. He destroyed that franchise. It wasn't good to start with. They have the number one pick this year in the draft. There's no clear top player, but having the number one pick is always valuable. I just think this is going to be a really fun team going forward. They have some pieces. They got a couple receivers. They got an offensive line. They're cooking. The defense showed up against the Colts. They destroyed us. Trevor Lawrence looked amazing. He was 8 for 8 to start the game. The talent's there. The Colts were top, the number two takeaway defense in the league this year, and he killed them in a game they needed to win. The talent is there. Yeah, I... You know, I see what you're saying. I, I, I just get a little freaked out, man. Like, like I'm looking at Jacksonville's head coaching history right now. They had Jack Del Rio, you know, long time there with Mo Jones, Drew, and Fred Taylor, and those guys. But um, Mike Malarkey was there for like a year. Gus Bradley was there for a few years. Doug Marone was there for about four or five seasons. Urban Meyer was there one season. I'm just worried, man. Like, I'm not, I, I'm not trying to, you know, criticize your list at all. Like, I think, I think. It remains to be seen how any of these teams uh, fare next year. I just like, I like when there's a little bit of stability for a while, you know? Like, giving a coach one year worries me. I am criticizing your list. You are the Giants at three. How dare you criticize the Jacksonville Jaguars? Doug Marone had four seasons, then quit his own job, I think. How dare you? Um, yeah, I little, just, little yeah. side note. Dallas, Arizona, and Seattle have not announced coaching changes as of yet, but things could change there very quickly, I think. You called the Seattle firing before the season started. I think that could happen still. Dallas could fire Mike McCarthy today. And after what happened on Monday, Arizona could fire Cliff Kingsbury. I'm not saying those things will happen, but they are possibilities. Yeah, if uh, I'll still stand by what I say. I, don't, I, I do not think... Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll are, are going to be in Seattle next year. Um, at least not both of them. And, yeah, I don't know with Dallas. That's a team that has, like, irrational expectations. Um, and Arizona, if Kingsbury got fired, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. You're right. I'm a football genius. Okay, everybody, please go follow us on Twitter, at Rookie Phenoms. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Verbal, or Amazon Podcasts. We are huge on Amazon. Jeff Bezos called me personally to thank me, left web off the phone call, for blessing him with our podcast on that service. That's how good our podcast is. But how do you feel about that? I talked to the Bays. Congratulations, Coop. I felt terrible. It's not for sure yet, but I might be on the next spaceship. I might, I might, I might have a spot. That's how good we're doing right now. Everyone, you guys know I'd be happy if that happened. Uncalled for. Everybody, keep watching those Lakers games so we can see Frank Vogel get fired. Thank you for listening. Have a great night! Be out.